Thank you for tuning into Holistic Finance, where we promote financial balance and financial health. Our mission is to simplify your finances so you can focus on your practice and enjoy life. Now, here are your hosts, Ryan Burklow and Alex Collins. Hello, I'm going to be your host today, Alex Collins, uh, and today I have the, the pleasure of interviewing Christopher Burgess. Uh, so if this is your first time uh, uh, joining us on Welcome, and thank you for joining us. If you're returning, glad you found value and, and you're looking forward to uh, to the next edition of, uh, as I said, today our guest is going to be Christopher Burgess. And in full disclosure, uh, Chris is my father-in-law and is also a client of mine. Uh, today we're going to be talking about uh, communicating within the virtual work environment, cybersecurity, being planful, and travel or the lack thereof. So a little bit about uh, Christopher. Uh, he's an advocate for effective security strategies, be they at home, at the office, with you or your family. Uh, Christopher has served 30 years with the Central Intelligence Agency. He was also a senior security advisor with Cisco Systems and has run a couple of his own companies. He is the co-author of the book Secrets Stolen, Fortunes Lost, Preventing Ex- intellectual property theft, and economic espionage in the 21st century. He is the founder of both Secure Travel, uh, Securely Travel, and online uh, Senior Online Safety, and he provides commentary and writes regularly on national security topics. So our, our first topic today, Chris, is uh, jumping into communicating within the virtual work environment. So I'll, I'll turn it over to you. What, what do you have uh, for us on this topic? Well, uh, in, in this day and age of COVID, as you know, uh, it it started in uh, late January, early February uh, in our area here uh, in the West Coast and uh, Seattle environment and the Seattle metro, if you will, where the larger companies were asked to uh, send their folks home, uh, you know, make them telecommute. And uh, the, then that was followed by uh, restaurants and bars having to change their model from in-service to out-service. And pretty soon you saw 50% of the people who move around our metro area aren't moving anymore. And folks who had never telecommuted, who had never worked from home, uh, were finding themselves work from home. Now, in fairness, about one-third of our population can't work from home. They, they're doing service jobs. But for that two-thirds that can, many of them were looking at this for the very first time. And so uh, we're using technology today for this uh, podcast. Right. Uh, but this technology is uh, alien to someone who has never seen it before. And so they're trying to use it. And in trying to use it, sometimes they make themselves inadvertently vulnerable. Uh, and what I mean by that is uh, they don't know how to set up the security and the privacy switches using the app, whatever app they're using. Sure. So uh, talk a little bit more about uh some of the the security that's built into some of these applications. Uh, for example, we're using so, GoToMeeting today. So GoToMeeting, uh, Zoom, uh, WebEx, uh, there's a number of them. Uh, minimally, they all allow you to set up a meeting ID unique to each meeting. Mm-hmm. So you do that. Then most of them allow you to have a password to get in. I advocate that. And the reason you want to do that, and recently there's been a huge incidence uh, in uh, one application, Zoom, uh, where people have been, quote, Zoom bombing. 
uh, and that is folks are sending, they, they're using social networks to collaborate. So they're sending out their meeting IDs, and in sending out their meeting IDs, anyone with the ID can join the meeting. Right. And so University of Texas, for example, had a PhD dissertation going on, and all these people flooded in and took over their meeting. <laughs> you know, it, it, it was it was unfortunate, disruptful, and in this case, it was just truly awful because they came in with hate speech and what have you, oh, that's and, and they basically hijacked the entire event. And that's what you want to avoid. You know, it not everyone is dealing with national security secrets, but you do want to keep your meeting private. You do want to keep it to yourself. Now, to help folks so that you don't have to remember everything I just spouted out of my mouth is uh, Washington State uh, has a great page on uh, video conferencing best uh, practices. And uh, it's their state office of cybersecurity, and they talk about Zoom, and they talk about WebEx. But no matter what service you use, their thoughts here can translate to others. And the, the key is you want to make sure you keep control of your own meeting. And mm -hmm. if you're in an office, virtual office environment that you have one other person who can control the meeting in the unlikely event that your Internet goes out, your computer starts to run an antivirus, and all of a sudden, you know, your, your computer is just stuck and you can't participate any longer in the meeting. Assume Murphy's laws have never been repealed and something's going to go wrong, <laughs> right? You know, it, no. it, it's, it's how I live my life, right? I have my plan, then I have life. <laughs> yep. Well, and it's it, it's amazing if you can, if you're on a, uh, a multi-person meeting, having somebody dedicated as the host who's not the person actually running the meeting is incredibly helpful. Uh, Ryan uh, Berklow, my business partner, and I have uh, just recently given uh, a couple webinars. Um, the first one that we gave was a national webinar to the American Association of Naturopathic Physicians, um, and the, the, they were able to go ahead and have somebody act as a moderator on our behalf, and it went absolutely phenomenal. They were able to to monitor the chat and, and basically feed Ryan and I the questions, and it became really, really smooth. Um, the next day, Ryan and I gave the same presentation for uh, the Washington Washington and Oregon Association of Naturopathic Physicians, um, and uh, we were acting as our own hosts in that, um, and it, it didn't work nearly as well because we were trying to uh, both be – You were having two hats on your head. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, having somebody as a dedicated person to, to try and monitor some of that stuff – um and 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 do dry runs is absolutely something that we recommend. Well, well, one thing you you have to factor in, and I learned this from my days at Cisco because uh, it was at the early days of WebEx. You have to give yourself the first five minutes for everyone to settle in. And can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Are you sure you can hear me? <laughs> yes, I can hear you. All right. Can you see my comments? Can you see my slides? because everyone is using different pieces of equipment. They might be using their phone, they might be using their iPad, they might be using a desktop or a laptop. You know, like right now, I'm at a desktop. I've got a, a, a gigabyte coming in and 40 megs going out. I've got a big fat pipe. But if I switch over to my iPhone and I'm going up through the cellular network, I may not have that. And the right. smaller form, sometimes makes it a little more difficult. So one wants to understand that 
not everyone in the meeting is going to have the same level of comfort. And you're going to have to help maneuver through it until you get to that uh, equilibrium. Yeah. Well, and like one of the other things that uh, I've experienced in some of my meetings, especially if I'm hosting um, and it's a bigger meeting, is that uh, with everyone having a webcam turned on, the amount of uh, of required flow through is just becomes huge. And so it, it depends not only on on your setup and your machine, but what all your neighbors are doing at the same time. If you're using a, a shared pipe going out uh, out of your neighborhood. Absolutely. And uh, the, the, the two most uh, frequent phrases you're going to hear is you're talking into mute. <laughs> and will you please mute? <laughs> right. Yeah, uh, that's a that's a great point. Having a having the first five minutes of that meeting be getting everybody on the same level and then also setting the guidelines for when people should be on mute and when they shouldn't be on mute is is immensely helpful. So, yeah, but just remind folks, are you speaking into the red button? <laughs> because on most setups, the, the the red button says mute. It's a flashing, but you get the idea. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, cool. So along it kind of tangentially to that cybersecurity, what are some of the things that people need to be aware of when they're when they're working remotely? Well, there's no shortage of miscreants in the world. <laughs> and the the, yeah. the the COVID uh, pandemic is creating an opportunity unlike any before. I was always used to seeing them, especially in the senior environment, where uh, there there would be a hurricane, and then you'd see an influx of you know uh, your 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 daughter is stranded down here in Miami because of the hurricane. Send money, you know, to parents and stuff like that. But now with COVID, it's taken on a whole new level. Now, mind you, COVID is also affecting the criminals, but it hasn't slowed them down. So uh, there's two things that, that criminals are trying to do. They're trying to separate you from your money or they're trying to separate you from your information. Right. And so on senior online safety, uh, which is the, the not-for-profit that I started uh, to help folks of my age uh, stay safe online, it is watch out for those charities. Something, please speak to this, that, or another. Make sure you validate who who's running that organization, the legitimate organization, and take those extra ten minutes to do that online research before you give them ten bucks or this. Secondly, type in your own domain addresses for anything you're doing. Don't click through. And the reason I say this is you might get an email that is spoofing a entity such as your bank or your grocery or uh, your your best friend because your best friend doesn't have cyber hygiene that you do. And so they got uh, they got hacked. Their email is taken over. They send out something that looks just like it came from them. But the reply to or the links inside are going to the miscreant. And so when you click on it and it takes you to this bank site that looks just like your bank or to your grocer that looks just like your grocer, but their intent is to just steal your information. And then with the, the COVID, uh, so that was two things there. Number one is the, the fraudulent websites. That's why you type it in. And the second is don't click on anything you get in an SMS. 
which is a text message or an iMessage, that sort of thing. Don't click on anything you get in an email. Don't open an attachment. If you get something from a family member, contact them. Did you just send me pictures of the of your of our grandchild? Yes, I did. Did you just send me this document? Yes, I did. Don't yep. don't take anything for granted because they are trying to take advantage of the trust. And then lastly, the disinformation that's coming through. So right now there is money being sent from the government to uh, taxpayers. Right. And uh, there's all sorts of discussion on, I filed my taxes, but I didn't get a return, but I paid. Do they have my tax number? Uh, do I, do they have my social security? I get my social security check. So they know how to re put it in my bank, right. but am I going to get my, 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 my money and that, that the government's sending out. So there's all these questions there and people are searching on how to answer it. And there's all these people providing dishonest answers with the sole purpose of grabbing your bank account information so they can empty it. And, yes. and so you really have to take the time to know the source of your information. Yeah, it's one of the things that I've I've learned from you is to double check and, and confirm sources uh, as much as humanly possible. And and really, it's not just, that I'm distrustful, but I am. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's trust but verify, right? Exactly, exactly. You know, and ninety percent of the time, the stuff that flies into my inbox is folks forwarding something that is corrupt and not doing it in a malicious manner at all. Right. They're, they're sending me basically crap that will end up putting me in danger if I click on it. Right. And so I pass, I give it a pass and move on. Perfect. Uh, so now you mentioned being planful. Yeah, talk a little bit about, like, sure. I, I think I know what, what you mean by that, but describe a little bit about what you mean by being planful. All right. So let, again, we're, we're, we're in the, uh, in the midst of COVID, the United States has over 300,000 people who four weeks ago did not plan to be sick. Right. These 300,000 people just had their lives flipped upside down. Many of them are hospitalized. How many of them left a plan with their family before they were taken to the hospital? that said, hey, don't forget, these are all the things right. you need to know to keep the house running, just the basics. I'm well, not talking about the will. We've heard so many horror stories of, of uh, spouses that, that drop their, their spouse off at, at the emergency room and then never get to say goodbye, never get to say I love you. And once they're They might in the get hospital, a FaceTime from the nurse of a, a patient before they're intubated. Right. And that's basically their goodbye. Right. Um, and, and, and so, so it's critical to, to have some sort of repository for this, right? Exactly. So what uh, uh, my wife and I, your, your mother-in-law, <laughs> uh, did <laughs> was uh, we, we pulled a tool that I used during my days at the CIA. Uh, I would get sent away to far lung places and would have no contact with my family while I was, I was gone. And that was just good operational security. You're there, your family's there, you don't want to connect the two when you're out there doing God's work. And so questions come up that you're not available to answer. Right. You know, 
simple questions. Where is the emergency water turnoff? Well, it's in the hall closet, lower left-hand corner, exactly where you would think to look, right? <laughs> no, you know, it's not where you would think to look. Not at but all. But that's where it is. Or, you know, what are all the life insurance policies that we have? What annuities would kick in? God forbid I don't come back. Or God forbid one of these people who have been hospitalized to come back. Right. The family needs to have everything in order so that they can let someone help them. Here are the insurance policies. Here's my, uh, here, here's my DNR. Here's my will. Here's my end of life instructions. Here's what I want done. Uh, but it's so much more than that. So uh, we made a form. Uh, it was drawn from an application we made years ago, and it was defunct. Uh, but uh, we knuckled down, and over a course of two weeks, we made this form. I put it into a PDF, and I put it into a doc, and it's it, it truly is 140 pages of form, and I just threw it up on my personal website, and I'm giving it away uh, so that folks can Fill in what's important to them. You know, where's my car? Where's the registration? Where's this? Where's that? It's things that you can't think of off the top of your head in a complete manner. And when you're in crisis, you absolutely can't think of them all. Right. Okay. Um, and so then. So that's what I mean by being planful. Sure. Uh, and so we've actually got some tools uh, inside of uh, inside of our living balance sheet that can can operate somewhat similarly uh, in that we've got uh, the safe, secure vault that you could put that type of information into. Beautiful. And it then becomes a, a, a method that uh, can be, can be shared with family members uh, in the event that, uh, that there's, there's a, a, an issue. Um, so it, it's. Yeah. If you were using my document, all you'd say is this document exists. It's located here. It's inside the secure vault run by, Al, and, you know, Alex is the financial advisor. Give him a call. Right. Which is what ours says. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. Funny how that works. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is. Um, so anything else in terms of, of being planful beyond, uh, you know, creating some sort of document that, that tries to encompass as much uh, as much of the day to day and, and maybe the, the things that you never hope to, to see the light of day? Sure. So you need to you need to think about keeping the house running is how we built our document. And then, God forbid, something happened to us, one or both of us, that this document would guide whoever was left behind to clean up after us. Right. A, 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 a way to do it cleanly. And things that people forget often are. Blogs, online accounts. You know, they're not top of mind, but in the grand scheme of things, they're going to come up later on. Uh, you know, burial instructions uh, and benefits. So many veterans don't tell their family where their DD-214 is. Oof. And with that DD-214 discharge papers, they, they can be buried. They can be, uh, you know, cremated. Uh, it's taken care of by uh, by their benefit. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's no. such an important thing. A, a lot of the the things that that I struggle with uh, when I'm talking to folks that have lost a loved one is is even just being able to find the documentation. They know it exists. They just don't know where it exists. Well, that was the whole purpose of our doc. Is this is located in the safe bottom drawer, or this is this 
this is uh, the the VIN number for the truck. Oof. And with that, you can you know take care of everything else. Right, right. Yep, absolutely. Um, awesome. Well, let's let's move on to uh, travel or or kind of the lack thereof in terms of travel. Sure. So um, I run securely travel. Uh, I put it in a hiatus about uh, oh, three or four weeks ago be- when the State Department came out with their notice saying everyone should stop traveling, come back to the United States now. And the reason they did that was that as the pandemic moved around the world, the ability to travel for citizens and non-citizens in different environments was going to be a variable outside of the control of the United States. And that's that's this link here, right? The- exactly. Travelstate.gov. So if you find yourself abroad and uh, traveling, the number one thing, you, if, assuming that you're a United States citizen, is register yourself with the Department of State in their STEP program, the Smart Smart Traveler Enrollment Program. It's right there on that uh, link you're showing there. Okay. What that does is it allows the local embassy to know you're there. If they know you're there, they can send you alerts. So, for example, this weekend, right, right now heading into Easter, in Honduras, they are putting together an evacuation flight. They have sent out an alert. That alert is allowing the uh, U.S. citizens there to register for the evacuation flight. They're telling them exactly what their pro rata share of the the cost for that seat to be on there. This is it's subsidized by the government, but it is not given by the government. And what I mean by that is they, they try to be as close to a commercial fare as possible, but they can't always be. You know, uh, an example, they evacuated a a large number of citizens out of Morocco, and the cost for that fare to get from Morocco to London was $1,000. And then from from London to the United States, they they were flying. But you could get to London, and then you had to change, and then you could fly to the United States, and it was a little over $1,000 a piece. Not chump change, but it got you there. Yeah, but... I'd way rather pay a thousand bucks than be stuck someplace well, I shouldn't. Not be everyone has that, right? And yeah. so the conundrum is, I don't have a thousand dollars. And so this isn't the first time the U.S. government has evacuated people. They've got a promissory note system, and uh, they signed it. But my recommendation for everyone is, if you travel abroad in this day and age, you get yourself evacuation insurance which is different than travel insurance, which is, right. travel, which is covering the trip. It's different than health insurance, which is taking care of your health. But get yourself evacuation insurance so that you open up additional options. If you take the repatriation flight, you're going to pay out of pocket, but you're, the fee you're paying for that evacuation service, you're not, you're not going to be able to get your money back through them. You either use them or you don't use them. That's how they work. Got it. Okay. Very cool. Um, so in terms of uh, if anybody wants to reach out to you, uh, we're sending folks to, to this site, right? BurgessCT.com? That's it. You find my writing. You, you'll find my personal uh, forms there, uh, my contact information. Everything's right there on that site. Perfect. And and so in addition to, to what we've talked about already, I'm um, 
you know, you do uh, uh, some public speaking both for organizations as well as for companies as well, correct? That's correct. Uh, nonprofits get it free. Everybody else pays a fee. <laughs> Perfect. Um, and all your contact information is here on this uh, BurgessCT.com site? It is. Yep. Awesome. Down at the bottom, you got there's a means to contact me if, if anyone would like me. I'm a resident, as, as you well know, in the uh, uh, Seattle metro area. And uh, it's a, a good place to be right now. It, it actually is really a great, great place to be right now. So, um, yeah. perfect. Well, thank you for the time today, Chris. Uh, greatly appreciate you having, having you on the show. Chris, you have a, a question of the day for us? I do. I do. So, so many of us are uh, telecommuting the very first time. The question of the day for uh, your listeners and viewers are, what are you doing to maintain your personal cyber hygiene? Wonderful. So uh, if you go to uh, to that link down at the bottom, there's a place for you to leave us a message. Uh, you can leave uh, an answer to the question of the day. If there's uh, uh, something that you want to hear about in terms of a, an upcoming show or a topic that you want to, us to dive into more, uh, please let us know. And, and as always, cheers. Cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guest speakers and their firms are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities Guardian or Quantified Financial Partners and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and may lose value. Brian and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ 333 North Indian Hill Boulevard, Claremont, California 91711. 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, Membra, FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian, Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Number 2020-98989, expiration April 2022.